0: What's up? It's Sam Ekstrom in for Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson's at Disney World hanging out with Kurt Cousins. We'll tell you about that next. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson show. On the field, in the broadcast booth ron johnson is minnesota sports he's played with them hung out with them and grown up with all the big names in minnesota sports they're hanging out with ron johnson it's the ron johnson show on the locked on sports minnesota podcast and it starts now What's up? It's Sam Ekstrom in for Ron Johnson on the Ron Johnson show joined by sidekick Luke Inman of Lockdown Sports Minnesota filling in as we'll talk here uh, about some Minnesota Vikings free agency plans in the opening segment. Ron also banked an interview with former Marquette and Duke college basketball star local Champlin Park product Theo John is on the show today. Excellent interview with Ron and Theo after we talk some Minnesota Vikings football here in the open. This show is available for free wherever you find your podcasts and free on YouTube. Just subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota and comment below what do you think the Vikings should do next in free agency now that the dust is starting to settle? Luke and I talk about that in a moment. We want to remind you, too, that today's program is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, a great place to get started. Um, Before we talk Vikings free agency, Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman, I'm sitting working at my computer yesterday. Ron Johnson's at Disney World on vacation with the fam in Orlando. I get a photo. There's Ron, there's Ron's kids, there's Ron's wife, and there's the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, Come on. In the the Marvel store. Come on. Now, you know this, Luke. You've been on with Ron for a long time now. Ron loves Marvel. Mm -hmm. Ron loves superhero movies. He loves superhero analogies. He loves comparing athletes to superheroes. He loves it. So it's classic that he would find Kirk Cousins in his favorite store. And apparently they hung out for a while. So Ron's got the scoops now when he comes back.
1: Yeah, you look at the scouting report, like you said, Ron, such a diehard, such a fanatic when it comes to Marvel. Kirk Cousins' background, he said he grew up going to Disney World every summer. So you got Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck versus Iron Man and Hulk. I would love to be a fly on the wall listening to those conversations they had down there. But yeah, pretty cool, pretty hilarious to see uh, what Ron was getting into and who he bumped into as well down there on his vacation. Pretty fun.
0: Hopefully that leads to an appearance um, for Kirk Mm. Cousins on the show. He and Ron can talk about their mutual love of Marvel. Um, That's hopefully coming up down the road on the Ron Johnson show. Coming up on this episode of the Ron Johnson show, I'm going to ask Luke Inman, what should the Vikings do next in free agency? I think that a lot of the big moves, at least for now, seem to have been made. Maybe there's some bombshells coming down the pipeline. I know there's Lamar Jackson whispers. I don't know how founded those rumors are. We've still got Zadarius Smith decisions. Dalvin Cook decisions seemingly have yet to be made. So where are we at? What needs to happen, Luke, between now and the draft for the Vikings to kind of wrap up? this free agency period, what's on your to-do list?
1: You take a look at what they've done thus far in free agency. You try to get in the head of Quasey and the vision he has for not just 2023 this year, but two, three, four years down the road. And just based off some of the signings, the decision to release some huge names and staples that have been in Minnesota for what seems like a decade, Kendricks, Thielen, not to mention guys like Cam Danzler as well. And I think most importantly, the decision as of now, not to extend Kirk Cousins and let him play out the final year of his deal. It tells me, Sam, that number one, I think he wants to rid himself of this cat mess once and for all that Rick Spielman and the old regime left him when he took over. And two, he doesn't want to overcommit to guys in free agency and instead he wants to build this team back up through the draft. And you can see that with all the one, two, three-year deals. In fact, I think it was even you last week who mentioned he's never dished out a deal longer than three years, Mm -hmm. probably because of the fact, again, some of those long-term contracts, they do get so inflated near the end and between the void years and then just kicking the cap down the road uh, you really do yourself a disservice in the long run we all know he wants to create enough room to sign his foundational pieces too, like jj hawk derisaw continue to build off that young nucleus and i think continuing to rid himself Of some of these bloated contracts, like paying Dalvin Cook 15 million, has got to be at the top of the list. You can save six if you cut him outright, or you can save eight if he's traded. I think finding a suitor for Dalvin Cook is priority number one right now for Kwesi and finding a way to net something like I'm projecting a third rounder for him is probably what he's shooting for just based off the Christian McCaffrey deal. Obviously he's younger. A lot of people think he's better. He went for a second and two thirds. So something to think about personally. I think you find a way to keep Zadarius Smith around just after the season he had last year and the way he impacted the pass rush and I think, lastly, most importantly here, Sam, I think they all need to sit down and come up with a game plan around the quarterback position and what they want that to look like long term. And if it's drafting a guy, then sitting down together and talking it out with KOC and Wes Phillips into determining who's the right guy for your scheme and system, and is that guy in this draft class? And if so. I guess how high do you need to move up to go get him if he's not in this draft class than doing everything you can now to set yourself up with enough ammo next year to move up and take a swing on a guy? Because like we talked about on the football party today with Reggie Wilson, I think sooner or later here, Sam, they're going to have to take a swing on one of these young guys in the draft and hit the reset button on their quarterback cap hit and just let KOC do what they brought him in here to do, which is find and develop their next young quarterback for the future. I
0: think that the cap conversation right now is kind of compelling because we do this every year, Luke, and we got to learn. We always go into the offseason saying the Vikings have no money. They can't do anything. And somehow Rob Brzezinski and company find a way. Hmm. They get very inventive and they open up all this space. And, And the Vikings have somehow managed to fit in Marcus Davenport and Josh Oliver and um, Byron Murphy under the cap. Dean Lowry under the cap. They have finagled their way using clever contracts and void years. And obviously the money gained from Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins restructure, Eric Kendrick's release. They're under the cap and they still have. Sidarius Smith potential move Dalvin cook potential move. Brian O'Neill restructure. So, Luke, the Vikings could still clear a boatload of cap space if, indeed, they wanted to make one big splash move. Maybe it's an, OB, an OBJ. Maybe it's a Titanic move like a Lamar Jackson. Not saying that's going to happen. But they do have moves left to be made to open up cash. I'm going to take the more conservative route here. and Let's just say that they don't make a massive splash move. There's one guy who's still sitting out there, Luke, who I kind of want back. And his name's Duke Shelley. Where's Duke? Why isn't Duke on the team yet? A lot of people have told me, well, you can sign Duke anytime. Duke, Duke will be here. He'll be there. Well, Ole Udo, that was, an, that was an easy one. He's back. Austin Schlopman, Nick Mullins, like those guys, they, they made the easy moves. Those guys are back. Why isn't Duke Shelley back? I don't think it's going to be as easy to get Duke Shelley as people assume. And maybe I'm wrong, but have you dug into the Duke stats? From last year, Luke Edman. Third highest coverage grade in the NFL in 470 snaps. That's not nothing. Man. He had 11 pass breakups in 470 snaps. The guys above him who had 12 had like 1,200 snaps, 1,000 snaps, 800 mm-hmm. snaps. The guy, you know, Sauce Gardner had 14. He had 1,100 snaps. Darius Williams led the league with 15. He had 1,075 snaps. Duke Shelley had 470, and he was sixth in pass breakups. Uh, Completion percentage against him, 48.9. That was sixth in the league. Passer rating against him, uh, 59.6. That's ninth in the league. So basically split this up into any metric. In about half a season of snaps, Duke Shelley was a top 10 quarterback last year in the NFL so I don't think he's just going to come easily like I think Duke Shelley actually wants to get paid and I think he might be waiting to see if there's a team that's willing to give him a little bit more money um but I think the Vikings should want him Luke so so that is actually for me as priority of a free agent as you can get in
1: terms of like in-house guys that I want to bring back Duke Shelley, what do you think You think about this, it's a small sample size, and I think that's the only leverage he has going against him. You know, Teams like the Vikings and other teams, maybe he's testing the waters in free agency, say, yeah, you balled out, but you didn't do it for that long. But still, he was one of the lone rare bright spots on that defense last year, and a diamond in the rough as far as a roster development standpoint, and a guy you would just love to keep around, especially given the price that it would probably cost to keep him. And then the fact that, You're already pretty thin at cornerback, especially after letting a guy like Cam Dantzler go and then gambling on just kind of two still unknowns, young, raw, untapped guys in Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans. Um, Cornerback is a position now in the NFL, Sam. You can't have enough good guys, especially when teams spread you out three, four, even five wide. You got to have guys that can cover. I'm with you. I want Duke Shelley back. I know a lot of the fan base does as well. And you look at the Twitter too. You see the cryptic (laughs) tweets he's tweeting out. I'm going to bet on me. What does that mean? Does that mean the Vikings are offering you just a one-year prove-it deal and you got to go prove it again? I don't know. I'm sure he's fielding some offers. Probably nothing that you know. maybe hoping to get as far as a (laughs) a year-by-year value goes. But I still think at the end of the day, you got to find a way to keep this guy around, just given how great he was last year, as you mentioned. And then Again, just what a need it still is, both from starters and a depth lens as well for the Vikings defense.
0: Yeah. So that's one part. I, I've got a, just a very conservative three-step plan, mm-hmm. sign Duke Shelley, sign another veteran wide receiver. I tossed this out on the football party with Reggie Wilson, McCall Hardman, someone that can stretch the field with speed. They're not going to demand a ton of targets. They, there's just no room for the football to go to Justin Jefferson 180 times and someone else a bunch of times. You got to have a supplement, a complimentary piece. McCall Hardman with his speed would be a good field stretcher. And I think he comes at a decent price. So you sign Shelley, you sign Hardman, and you create that space by trading Sidarius Smith for a day to pick. So you get the cap savings, you get the asset in the draft, and you create space to make a couple of nice complimentary signings to this roster, um, that's my three-step plan between now and the draft. I'm not asking that much, Luke. Am I Am I being greedy with that? I don't think so.
1: No, not at all. And again, just given, again, the cap restraints, I think all those guys are more than realistic, more than reasonable to bring in here on some relatively modest deals. And, and you know, the thing about trading Zedarius, I think the fact that they signed Marcus Davenport gives them the freedom and flexibility. I think... Of course, perfect world, dream scenario. Of course they want Zedarius back, but if for some reason they can't figure out an extension or a renegotiation and get a deal done, they have some flexibility now, some breathing room to where you still have two capable starters and Daniil Hunter and Marcus Davenport. And again, on that one-year deal, Marcus Davenport's going to do everything he can to earn a starting spot as well and go out there and make a bunch of splash plays too. So I like the vision. I see what quasey has got written down as far as the blueprint goes. I still think at the end of the day, quarterbacks circle that position. I'm very interested and curious what the long-term plan is there for the Vikings future.
0: All right, coming up, Ron Johnson sits down with Theo John, Champlain Park high school grad, Marquette, Golden Eagles, Duke Blue Devils. He was involved in Coach K's final game, the final four against North Carolina last year. And I had a personal connection to Theo as well when he played for Champlain. The 2017 state quarterfinals. I got to call Champlin parks buzzer beater to beat Chaska. We play that back for Theo during the interview and get his reaction to that moment. It's really good. Uh, Theo John coming up next with Ron Johnson. After I remind you that this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. March Madness is here. NHL and NBA coming down the stretch. A great time to get in the action And the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. And if you're a new customer just joining, get a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. You can try again with that bonus bet. Download the FanDuel app. Safe, secure, very easy to use. Hundreds of ways to bet. Seriously. And you can load up your bets within the same game. A same-game parlay. A chance at a big, whopping payout fanduel.com slash locked on claim that no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel
2: well now it's time to hang with ron johnson and uh you know like i told you guys man as a wide receiver i mean i've talked to Keenan mccardale I've talked to justin jefferson we know that justin Jefferson. Clearly thinks he's the best hooper in the Minnesota Vikings locker room. And so all receivers, man, we love hoops. And so I always love to get basketball players on the show. And uh, we have a professional basketball player, grew up in the state of Minnesota, uh, played at Champlain Park High School, went to Marquette, then the Duke. Uh, and that's where I learned a ton of basketball watching him play against uh, Armand Baycott because everybody in pickup basketball loves to throw that leg under you when you're uh, trying to post stuff, especially me. And uh, Theo John hadn't gotten too early fouls on Armando or uh, Armand Baycott. I would have never realized you cannot put your leg under me when I'm trying to spin off of you. But I uh, got to bring Theo John in, man. Appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, Champlin Park High School, uh, the, the era of basketball players. I mean, when you talk about Minnesota basketball players, you got Amir Coffey, you got uh, McKinley Wright, you got Theo John, you got Jalen Suggs, you got Chet Holmgren. And everybody, I grew up in Detroit. So I'm a Detroit kid, born and raised. Uh, I grew up with, you know, Jalen Rose and Chris Weber. They're older than me, but I was in, you know, 12 UAU when they were going to college. And I remember them kind of going to the ABDC camp. I don't even know if that's still a thing, uh, but they met some guys there by, and we all know the story now, Jawan Howard and, uh, you know, Ray Jackson and Jimmy King, and they all ended up at the University of Michigan. Uh, when you look at McKinley Wright and yourself, and we've heard the Jalen Suggs on podcast talking about McKinley Wright and went to Minnesota, maybe he would have went to Minnesota and so on and so forth. Uh, but you know, just to get it out there, man, like when you're being recruited by your hometown, t- you know, team, uh, what was that like for you and what was that process like?
3: Man, it's well first of all, thank you for having me. I um, no, appreciate you. Blessed to be here. Uh, it's it's a surreal experience though. You know, a lot of you feel very fortunate um being recruited by your home state. You got Fans going crazy. There different places you go, just going to get food. You get go gophers little things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you, and you got to remind yourself that all that glitz and glamour. Uh, there's another side of that too. Being at home, so there's a little bit more pressure and all that other stuff. So it's. It, but the whole process was just uh really fun and surreal, and to be able to go through that with my teammate McKinley, um, my brother. I mean, it was. I feel really blessed
2: and, and you know and i know we kind of talked off camera beforehand and when you look at recruiting and i kind of asked you ben johnson had been the head coach and he had honored and kept mckinley right and said you know what i want this point guard uh i'm not all for this new york nothing against new york i know kenny smith and everybody swears new york is, a, is the hotbed of point guards uh really? i think that's true for some some they overdo it with all the extra stuff dribble the ball up pass it get it to the big man like keep it simple um, but when you think about that with, uh, McKinley, Wright, if he had decided to go to the U under Ben Johnson, let's just change it up. Cause we're going back into, you know, back to the future. Uh, could you see yourself following your, your high school teammate to the U?
3: You know, me, me, and McKinley had a lot of conversations. Um, and the time was what the time was. We were given the opportunity then. And, uh, that wasn't the case. Um, we had a great relationship with Ben Johnson and, uh, Great recruiter, great coach, and I'm excited to see what he does with the Gophers in the future. Um, just it just wasn't meant to be at the time.
2: Yeah. And did you cross over with Dawson Garcia? Were you guys teammates for a little bit?
3: Yeah, we were teammates at Marquette. We okay, that's what
2: I was gonna say. Yeah. So yeah. when you when you look at him, and he had the opportunity to come back to Minnesota and he did it. But what, what is it about Dawson Garcia um as he grows in his game, I guess you'll say, that that people haven't even seen yet?
3: I mean, he's he's a really good basketball player and a really good dude um he's he's hungry and he just loves the game and loves to work Uh, he loves to grind and seeing him uh day-to-day during the summers when we're working i mean it's he has a really bright future so i'm excited for him
2: and when you look at yourself you know again marquette you graduated decide to go and you have another shot uh you get recruited by coach k i mean that's the greatest basketball coach in the history. I mean, he's he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of college coaches. I had a friend back in 1998 when I played, uh, D, uh, D. Bryant, he went on to uh, play football at Duke. But the only reason he told, chose Duke was because of basketball. He was a two-way player. So, you know, Coach K let him play. I think he played for like two seasons, him and Reggie Love, who was – Obama's body man that was back in their time and he played I think two years at Duke uh, but he was more he was a starting quarterback so that was the main reason why I went but of course you know having a chance to play on Duke's basketball team how can you say no to that be a you know eighth ninth man off the bench and that's what he did uh, I got a chance to watch you play at Duke um, but again when you're choosing a second go around and you're like hey I'm done and Marquette I appreciate everything you guys have done for me I, I've, I've used up all my eligibility but now I have this additional year uh what what drew you to duke
3: like you said the pitiful coach k Uh, (laughs) he he's very persuasive when he wants to be and uh he held true to everything that he said he would um just being a part of that that year going to the final four and just being a part of his last ride and just being able to sit back and really see what makes him so great on a daily basis uh taught me a lot and i was also able to Teach what I learned at uh, Marquette to some of the younger guys and, um, and being there in a little different position. A lot of those guys were one and dones and a lot of talent, and be able to give them kind of what I experienced four years in college and be able to teach them uh, to help better their careers in the long run. So,
2: yeah, and when you look at that transition, you know, Duke, uh, you know, the NBA and Duke is kind of synonymous. You know, you look at Trey Jones, Tyus Jones, all these. Uh, Dukies, you know you got Jalil Okafor if you want to go way back, and then of course you got the Grant Hills, and you know I can go on and on. But how did Coach K really prepare you for being a pro and what you're doing now?
3: I mean, just discipline and consistency. Uh, he he really lives by what he what he teaches, and seeing that and his level of professionalism both on and off the court, how he's able to just lock in and stay locked into his goal and his uh, pursuit as just I mean it's it's inspiring to see and inspiring to follow. So he's a very easy coach to follow. And obviously his track record speaks for itself, but um, that level of respect that you have for him, it's almost like you don't want to let him down in a certain way. And you know what his expectations and his standards are. So you live up to him.
2: And I had uh Jay Nivey, Jay Nivey plays with Detroit Pistons. His dad and I uh, were teammates with the Baltimore Ravens and he was recently on the show. And uh, I talked about like basketball players because we're seeing videos now of LeBron playing tight end. I think he was like a junior in high school or something. And then he was done. Uh, at what point in your life did you kind of walk away from football?
3: Uh, was at seventh grade. <laughs> uh, I really, I only played one or two years. Okay. Uh, I, I love, I always loved football. Uh, I'm, Miss it, and I really, dearly wish I would have played in high school and just kind of seen how far it would have taken me. I mean, at Marquette, I was 6'9", 270 at one point. And, right. And, you know, just would have been an amazing defensive end uh, for somebody.
2: Okay, so defensive end, so not tight end. So you're not taking the Tony Gonzalez, you man, know, that that route. You're you're going defensive end.
3: I don't trust some linebackers with my <laughs> knees, man. I know where they aim, I don't want it. I seen a leg go the way it ain't supposed to. And I'm like, yeah, let me, let me go be on that pursuit. So, uh, okay. So you
2: got bit. the aggressive, uh, you got the aggressive football mindset. So, you know, how does that, because, because again, basketball, we know every sport, basketball, football, but basketball now is not what it used to be. You know, the Charles Barkley's, they always talk about that on TV, right. but you have that mindset of a bruiser, of a guy that wants to bang a guy that, you know, doesn't, you don't, you don't shy away from contact. Um, right. how do you think that's helped you, Uh, you know, with that mindset that, you know what, like I can bang with anybody.
3: Yeah, well, it's helped me and hurt me. You know, I missed that era of basketball where uh, it it felt like a gauntlet for real. Now it's real show pony. And uh, I mean, it's a different game. I mean, I love this game too, but uh, growing up, that was the game that I fell in love with. And uh, that's the guy I grew up wanting to be, just kind of like that asshole on the court. You know what I'm saying? With that mindset, just... I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I'm better. And uh, I fell in love with that side of the competition of it, you know, and that's I mean, that's transparent in the football field as well. So I don't know. I I am retired yet. So (laughs) somewhere back in the closet. (laughs)
2: <laughs> get, get some cleats, a helmet, shoulder. I mean, six nine two seventy. I mean, man, like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you you can't find that anywhere in a grocery store if you're looking for a football player. Uh, that's so true. definitely something to think about, but, uh, like I said, definitely enjoy watching you. I, like I said, I, I, I watch like this time of year, especially March, like I can't wait to take a picture of my office. Cause I always do it every year, but I got two laptops. I got an iPad and I have a TV up here on the wall yeah. And I got all the games on. Like I'm watching them all. I'm working. So for, for my bosses out there, like, man, is he is he actually paying attention? I'm working, but I'm watching. And so, you know, but it drilled down last, I think last year, yeah. So you guys end up having to play North Carolina. And we know Baycott is is one of the he's an awkward big man to me. Like he looks really awkward, but for some reason he makes it work. Like he he throws his weight around and it works for him. Um, but you ended up because you was you ended up in early foul trouble, right? Because of him, or did you get him?
3: Uh, it wasn't because of him. It was uh, them zebras out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's – you look back at that game, and uh, it's similar to what we just talked about, how the games changed.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, it didn't look egregious. Like, I, I saw your, you had the arm, which is legal, and you had the leg, and then he kind of, like, fell over your leg, but they tried to say it was a foul on you. So I know, like – because I see a ton of guys at Lifetime – and and I always have that argument now. And I you I I call it the Theo John rule. I'm like, y'all must have watch the Duke North Carolina game. Cause I'm like, uh-huh. it it's you can put your leg there, but you can't put it between my leg, you know. So I always wondered that, like, where where did that fall between the refs maybe, you know, playing into him falling a little bit and him being being a little bit awkward and you just trying to put body on them and and them changing the game. Uh, but are you noticing that in the NBA now, or do you get a little bit more leeway in the NBA?
3: Well, yeah, I mean the NBA is, like you, again, like we talked about, it's a different game. Yeah. Um, it's very offensive-based, and uh, being a ref is a hard job. So I know they're doing the best that they can. Um, long rule book that I don't really want to read. Just honestly, <laughs> I know they don't. But uh, as far as the college, in the Final Four college standpoint, it's it uh, it took away from the game a little bit, in my opinion. Um, yeah. The NCAA, they can't find me. NBA. still can so Uh, it's it was it was fun it was fun i had a lot of great time you know it is what it is can't go back can't change the calls it's part of the game and yeah uh, yeah that's really i have a lot to say but that's all i'm going
2: (laughs) (laughs) definitely no no because i definitely watched that game and uh you know i I had duke in there uh but you know it is what it is I, i know duke right now is and i said this like a week before the show sam can can attest to it we get into the daily three but i had duke as one of the best teams that's going to enter but they're going to end up in a weird position which is a five seed and that's always that weird position because you get a really good 12 and uh that's what they're going to run into but they had a hurt point guard they had some players out they are the scariest five seed i think in this tournament uh but when you watch duke now without coach k what's the biggest difference you're noticing
3: Honestly, um, I see a lot of carryover. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Shire—he's in a—he has big shoes to fill, and he knows that. Um, but he's going to be an amazing coach for them. Amazing offensive, defensive mind, and just—I see—I see a lot of potential there. Um, I mean, Duke is going to be Duke. I mean, the brother of the brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Duke is always up here, and uh, Shire filling those shoes. I mean, he has. Great team around them, uh, assistant coaches, and just the whole personnel and entourage that comes with Duke is uh, really holding them up, and I'm I'm really confident in what they're gonna do this this term. I'm I'm excited, you know. It's a dangerous five seed. They can really grew into who they are now. Um, beginning of the season, a lot of people counted them out. So I'm I'm proud of them, young dudes. They they pulling it together and in the right time too. So,
2: and when you look at your you know career, because I know you know having two schools um where where do you find yourself cheering like marquette and duke uh when it comes down to like the season tourney time all that stuff
3: i'm cheering on both man they both big east champs acc champs it was a real real great day the other day um really proud of both teams it's it's weird you know balancing i always get the question if they play each other who you gonna root for (laughs) four years in marquette final four at duke last year at duke like it's really hand-in-hand. Hand. So I'm across that bridge when it comes to it. Uh, <laughs> right now, they both got my love, both got my full, full support.
2: Well, yeah, and, and when you think about, you know, your time right now uh, as a professional, and you, you look at some of the names in the NBA, like Summer League and all the training, all the stuff, who, who are some players that when you saw – you know, one, you were like, man, that dude is really that dude. Or you were like, you know what? I can, I, you know, I can, I can play with the best of them. And there was a, a pro that you ran into and you really just held your own.
3: Yeah. You know, it's at this level, uh, everybody's that dude, you know what I'm saying? They're that dude, wherever they come from. Um, they've been that dude their whole life. And, uh, that's, that's kind of the part I love about it. There hasn't been one specific person where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is him, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. felt uh, no matter who it is, I can compete with the best, and that's that's what this league is about. Um, really confident in my playing. You know, one player that I kind of had an old moment was uh, most recently we played in Mexico City playing uh, Kenneth Fareed. That was oh. my brother's, brother's favorite player growing up, and uh, in the heart of the competition, you know, I'm I'm not thinking about none of that, but after the game, I'm I was talking to my brother and he was just like he brought it up to me and I'm like, this that is kind of like a surreal cool moment. Like I remember being in I feel like it was middle school and my brother always watched – it's Denver playing, Denver playing. We're trying to watch him. So it's it's hum there's definitely some people that's gonna humble you out here, but at the same time I feel like I can humble some people myself, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, that's I mean that's the name of the game. Uh and then you you grew up or or trained uh with hoops in christ and i know there's a lot of players Paige, uh uh, uh page beckers at uh yukon and um what's his name uh jiggy uh for, i'm drawing a blank on his name but he went to michigan state from uh from uh not de la salle but creton durham yeah. hall um uh, yeah. you know you you got like Jalen suggs has been over there training i've seen uh jp mccure way back in the day he was there when you when you when you think about that you know that type of training where it's it's body but it's also my heart and soul as well that goes into that hoops in Christ training. Uh, what, what have you learned the most from that group?
3: Man? I mean, first of all, Chauncey Homesworth who's running that, uh, has done an amazing job just connecting basketball and just the human side of it too. Um, just bringing good people together and just, uh, teaching more than the game. Um, it's, I've learned and I, I owe so much to that, that program and just, who has helped me develop as a person and as a player. And uh, I'm really grateful because like I said, you you are who your company is and just being around good people and being around um, like genuine people who are trying to help you uh, helps so much in this business because a lot of it can be fake at times and you can get started up with the wrong crowd, wrong people. People don't have the best for you in mind. And you know, I've never, never once questioned who's questioned in Christ. Um, it's, it's brought me closer to God and it's brought me closer to my dream. So
2: yeah, man, that's that's huge. And so, you know, now you're a father, you know, and you've 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 got another person's life you're responsible for. Like even though you've only been a father for a short amount of time, uh, how did that change your whole perspective on life?
3: Yeah, so <laughs> uh long story short, this last summer when I the day I found out. Um, that I was going to be a father actually was the day I found out um, I recently had a bad knee injury and uh, it was really 50-50 on if it was going to be career ending or not. Mm -hmm. I found out that the same day I found out I was going to be a father. So there's a few months where I was kind of in a fog and really leaning on my faith and just figuring out life and just really who I am uh, to this point. And uh, it's... I'm very grateful for all of that. You know, uh, being a father it changes your life and you don't really know what people are talking You hear it, but you don't really know what people are talking about till you're in those shoes, you're in that position. And uh, it's something, this is one thing in my life that I'm going to be very, very proud of as, as far as ops, like Final Four, all this basketball, like that don't mean nothing. I have a son, yeah. to raise, sons that I can uh, pour everything I've learned and been taught and everything I've accomplished, got, all that into him and hopefully he takes that next step and just pushes our um you know our bloodline forward you know i'm saying like that's that's really what i'm gonna leave my heart so
2: that's what's up man that's what's up and when you two more before we jump to the daily three that's three questions three minutes each with myself sam and theo john uh when you look at uh college basketball the scope of college basketball it's completely changing now with nil and with this transfer portal and mm-hmm. you're seeing a mass exodus at times at schools, which I think is okay. If a coach leaves and you don't think the new coach is going to have you, uh, by all means, go somewhere else where you can play because nothing's stopping coaches from going to find better jobs either. But when you look at players like Dennis Evans for the Gophers, he had signed, and then all of a sudden he gets a better NIL offer, goes to Louisville, who's not a better team. The Gophers were 9-22. Louisville was 4-28. So clearly it has nothing to do with the record of a team. Um, But when you look at that and you see college basketball, uh, do you think that's sustainable where, you know, these top players are just able to jump ship and go to the next school? Or do you think at some point they're going to find a way to reel it back in and kind of create create a a more, I guess, normal process, I guess I'll call it?
3: Yeah, no, I think it's funny because this was never a problem when coaches would do that. Right. Um, True. I remember our state tournament, um, our senior year, McKinley Wright was committed somewhere. Uh, head coach left, found, he found out the day of that game. Wow. And I mean, as a high school kid, when you commit somewhere, your life, like your dream, it doesn't crumble, but it, it pivots. Yeah. It's big, you know, that's a big like, thing for somebody in those in that situation. And, uh, I think it's funny how now the players got some power and everybody's you know, going crazy. Because at the end of the day, you get a job offer times three, your salary. I mean, what you going to do for your family? True. You know, what that kid's background is, you don't know if he providing for or who he providing for. And, you know, I, people frown upon a player doing that. But if a coach go take a NBA job or a high level D1 job, like, it's nobody thinks twice. So it's interesting to me and seeing how this is all developing and how NIL at first was supposed to be such a huge thing, kind of realized that it's not as big as people thought it was going to be. And that people are in these positions where you have to decommit from somewhere where you thought was going to be best. And whether it be financial, whether it be good coaching staff, whether it be believing in a dream or believing in a coach or a coach, believing in you, um, There's always going to be a headline, you know what I'm saying, whether player, coach, administrative, just got to do what's best for you and block out all the noise. So to that player, um, best of luck to you. And, you know, you dodged a little bit of cold up in Minneapolis, but uh, (laughs) hopefully that's the best move for you. So that's really, really all I can say about that.
2: Yeah, definitely. No. And so last one before we jump out here and get to the daily three, that's three questions, three minutes each with myself, Sam, and uh Theo John. Uh, last one, you know, you grew up again, you grew up in Minnesota. Uh, and so I'm pretty sure you you followed the Timberwolves, you followed Kevin Garnett, you've seen those teams. Um when you think about an opportunity, uh, would your dream be to have a chance to come back and play for the Timberwolves?
3: Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, You know, I I almost had the opportunity this summer. I was supposed to play summer league with the Timberwolves. Mm -hmm. Um, Then that knee injury happened, unfortunately, and took that away. But, uh, you know, everything's going to happen for a reason and for a purpose. So if the opportunity presents itself, I'd be more and more than excited to represent Minnesota, the place I grew up. You know, um, I was I almost be I almost got to live that dream a little bit through McKinley when he was able to play in Minnesota. yeah. Um, watching a lot of his games and just being really proud of him. You know, your brother's out there doing exactly what we dreamed about, his little kids breaking into the high school late at night, you know, <laughs> throwing up some dumb shots. as You saw Sam DuBois, his shot, like, that's one that we practiced 12 o'clock at night, middle of the high school. But, uh, you know, it's it'd be a cool opportunity, but, you know, just got to do what's best for me, what's best for my family and best for my career, so...
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we got the Daily 3 coming up next. That's three questions, three minutes each. Remember, people, you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app now on Amazon, Fire, and Roku right there on your TV. Just go to your app, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can download all of our videos, all of our shows. And I know you always wonder, what what do we look like? You hear our faces on the podcast, maybe on the radio, but you wonder what we look like. Well, there's your chance. You can download the app right there. You can also subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. We have a word from our sponsors.
0: Thanks, Ron. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Let me tell you about Built Bar before we get back to Theo John. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. My personal favorite, the Cookies and Cream Puff. I hope it wins. Hope it gets all your support. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered in a drawing. 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built Bars, and one lucky fan gets a 12-month subscription to Built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly to your door. Why do you want Built Bars? Best protein bar ever, low in sugar, high in protein, 100% real chocolate. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. Vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick.
2: Well, now it's time for the part of the show that I love the most, and that's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We're going to give most of the time to Theo, and I'll pick up where he leaves off. Take it away, Sam.
0: All right, we're going to improvise here. I'm going to try something new. So, Theo, because you brought it up, we're going to do something called a screen share. I'm going to bring up the shot that you just referenced. Let me set this up. This is Sam Dubois, the tie game. It's uh, 50-50, Champlin and Chaska at Target Center State Tournament. So there's McKinley by half court. Theo, you're posted up on the block. You're going to crash for the rebound. I'm announcing the game. I am the voice with Khalid El-Amin in my ear. He's the color guy. And here's how it went down. I want you oh, to react okay. to this after we watch it. Target Center on its feet. You have to seven, help. You have seven to, seconds left. You have to help. Right for the win. No. Nope. Off the backboard. No. Tipped out. Oh. A three at the buzzer. Good. Oh. It's good. Dubois wins it for the Rebels. Unbelievable. Man. So, so you, you just got hammered on that rebound, Theo. I mean, <laughs> you got nailed. Were you okay?
3: <laughs> you know, the funniest part about all that is <laughs> I didn't even see the shot. Uh, <laughs> I got hit. And I remember I got a hand on the ball, and then I don't know what happened. Just didn't see nothing. I just heard everybody going crazy. And <laughs> man, that, <laughs> that locker room. If I wish there was a camera in there, it was a fun time. And what yeah. to Sam, that's like I said, you've been practicing it too, so people can't just say it's luck. What
0: what what did you practice? The tip out, or what part of that was practiced?
3: Uh, every every practice we had afterwards, he's sitting there shooting half court shots just random off lay off right lay off left lay this right hand left hand yeah so it was no surprise it was very fitting it was a perfect moment um he was a great great player off our bench and pulled us through when we needed him
0: <laughs> that that was awesome that was a big one for me too because i was pretty young at the time as a broadcaster and they played that on espn and i was pretty fired up so <laughs> i just wanted to get your uh, your reaction to that um it's all like right. the big Harfarver. yeah <laughs> Actually, what left handed, too, I think, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, all right. Um, Theo, I wanted to get your take on another big basketball event for you. So, January 24th and January 27th, 2017, I went back through all your old box scores. Mm-hmm. You had two triple doubles in a week of points, rebounds, and blocks. What Ooh. do you remember about that week? Were you, what? Why were you so dialed in?
3: Say the date again.
0: So this was January 24th and 27th of 2017. You had a triple double with blocks. Do you remember that at all? Do you remember? Uh,
3: I feel like that was against that? Park Center because that was our rival back then. Um, and then I forget who the other game was. I think it was like Park Center Hopkins or Park Center. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, you know, we, we had an amazing, amazing high school team. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll put this out there for argument for future people in this podcast, best high school team put together, especially in Minnesota. Um, we could compete with anybody and that's without hesitation. Uh, we we had a good time, a lot of fun, and you know, triple dub blocks, rebounds, points, like that's, that's what I do. And mm-hmm. teammates put me in those positions and just capitalized, you know, had some fun out there. Probably played more than the second half too, you know, being a good team, it was a crime because we only got to play the first half most of the time.
0: <laughs> right, right. That was Park Center and Coon Rapids. You had the, you had those games against.
2: because okay. i was saying. That's I mean, that's a, that's a big statement though because you got to look at like Tyus Jones and Gary Trent. You had J.P. McCure and his team. That's a big one. I like that though. I like
3: that. We did lose. We, we lost that championship. We didn't win the championship, so people will always bring that up. But <laughs> look, earlier in those seasons, we beat those teams that we lost to considerably. So, again, I'll put it out there. Y'all can go ahead and argue it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. I like the blocks, though. The fact that he had triple-double with, like, no assists and it was blocked, that's crazy. To get 10-plus blocks in two games, that's that's doing the dirty work. That's doing the stuff nobody wants to do. So I got to get my hats off to that one. Uh, What you got next, Sam?
0: Yeah. Uh, What's the craziest thing, Theo, that you saw in the student section at Cameron Indoor Stadium?
3: craziest thing this wasn't specifically in the student section because believe me there's a lot um, many things got me out like, like, you know i'm locked in usually many things you know disrupted that a little bit but uh yeah the fact that they camped out for like months on end and in, in the cold like it's middle of winter basketball season they're intense outside still going to classes still doing the school work all to get into the final Final game of the season is uh, crazy. Wow. But love their support, love their enthusiasm. They there was not one game where we were ever bored. Was, that's for sure. Blowout close game, no matter what it is, they're gonna show up. And you know, that's why that's why you gotta do. That's why you love Duke.
2: Yeah, I will say I I'm trying to think, like I've never seen anything on TV. I just heard the stories of like the both though, like the Duke, North Carolina rivalry games. Like I've heard uh like uh i think it was shanahan or one of the sons of a dad that played at duke was it shanahan sam that played at duke
0: oh man i think I it don't was remember. kyle
2: i think kyle shanahan was at duke for like a year but i just heard it was either him or i forgot the other one but i'm pretty sure it was shanahan they drove from duke and shanahan rode in the trunk to get to north carolina <laughs> with with reggie love his body you know it was barack's body man he was this was he was in college and then like one of them passed out in north carolina and ended up online because he got teabagged at a party for falling asleep like it's just like and then i think when they came back to duke like duke did something to their students i mean it was just like i've heard so many stories so i know that rivalry alone is crazy that's what i was going to say you guys face them all the time but then to face them in the tournament how much more, is a little audible, Omaha, a little audible here. Uh, how much, like, more intense was that facing your rival in the March Madness?
3: It was, it was very intense. There was a lot of pressure on these young guys. Um, we, uh, it, it was the game that we prayed for, especially losing the last home game and Coach k Uh It was a game that we, we wanted back so badly, almost, or too badly. We wow. uh, again, I'll I give North Carolina credit um, just one time and do it. They they played a good game. They made shots when they were supposed to mm-hmm. and uh, a big plays when they were supposed to. But that is a game that we will always, always want back because, I mean, we we were the better team and, uh, you know, they just were the better team that night.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. What you got next, Sam? All right, last one, Theo. I want you to you know, – don't hesitate to brag a little bit. Take <laughs> us through your best in-game dunk at any level, high school, college, whatever, pro, whatever you want.
3: Best in-game dunk. Uh, there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, my most memorable dunk was probably in the Final Four. Um, just being – I remember dunking – doing my scream and then uh, just looking in the crowd and just like being at all of the amount of people that were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember just making eye contact with my brother who then had a few down in New Orleans having a good time for himself. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just it was that moment where it was like my family's here at the final four watching me play in the Duke North Carolina game. Coach K's last game like it's. It's something that's gonna stick with me for the rest of my life. It's gonna be that story that I tell my kid about. And yeah, so may not be the most, you know, embarrassed or like poster dunk, whatever, but it's as far for me. That's probably it right there. Yeah,
2: they'll say memorable is memorable. Um for me, I've never dunked in a game besides like lifetime fitness because I, I quit my uh, junior year in high school. I just me and my coach got into it uh and I just was like I'm done I'm, I'm a football player like I'm out here trying to help you out and you give me a hard time because I was sick I miss I missed one of the practices he thought I was skipping school and granted I was an inner city kid from Detroit Michigan uh so I know I had some bad bad teammates like we had some rambunctiousness and guys you know doing stuff they shouldn't do so I get it uh but I wasn't that kid and so I kind of got annoyed that he thought I was like skipping school and skipping practice to be with a girl or something and so I was like man I'm done and so I just quit. But I will say my lifetime fitness like dunk that a lot of people, there's two, uh, don't want to give me credit for one of them because I dunked on a girl and she played at Ohio State. And uh, I don't know if you remember Armand uh, Battle or I uh, forgot the other brother Battle, they played at Benilde, but their older sister played at Ohio State. And so she came to Lifetime in Plymouth. And I'll never forget, I didn't dunk on her because she like ran by and just kind of put her hand up. But I'm like, if it was a picture taken, I dunked on you. Right. And then the other one was just a tip dunk, but of course everybody said I used another guy's back. But I kind of jumped over a guy on a rebound and then dunked it. So to this day, I still, you know, people that were there, the guys I still play with, they were like, "Oh no, nah, you didn't really. That was you cheated. You bridge used them as a bridge to get up there." So, uh, but I've never had an end game one though. So I, I like high school wise, because in high school I was more just a shooter. I was that football player that just wanted to stay up top give it to me I'm going to just shoot like I'm not I'm not trying to go down and bang and that's and that's probably why I quit too cuz I'm like man I'm, I'm I I am 6'3 I am 200 plus pounds in high school but man I'm ty- like I don't want to bang like I just want to shoot let me shoot and let me be done uh and so that was that was kind of my way of playing basketball and so that's still to this day that's what I do I just shoot like I'm give me the ball I'm going to shoot and uh yeah I'm I I'll bang every once in a while but I try not to cuz lifetime fitness and like LA fitness these dudes take it too serious. They take life. And you probably know Joey King. Mm. So, play for the Gophers. He's a lot yeah. older than you, but I played – he plays with us. He's like 6'9", you know.
3: Oh, like, I do remember him. Yeah. He, so, he,
2: he – and he, he's one of those guys that because I play kids. college basketball, he assumes that he should just be able to beat us. Because, like, Jamal Bushamala, Blake Harfarver, Al Nolan, like all those guys play – uh, but Joey's just the one that like, you know, he hates losing, like he hates losing, especially the football players. And so we got to remind him like, hey, he might be six, nine, but he's not, he's not Theo John. He's not, he's not thick, you know, like you're, you're a big dude. Like this dude is like super skinny. I'm like, man, we'll move you across the court. So, you know, just chill out. But All I want right. to <laughs> I want to thank Theo John for joining me on the Ron Johnson show and Theo every time before we get out of here, I always love to let guests give them, you know, kind of give themselves uh, a note. So if you were to be able to write a note to yourself that you can open let's just say you want your self to open it 50 years from now and it's a note to yourself, or you go back into the past and it's 15 year old Theo, it's 12 year old Theo, and you're going to leave yourself a note to kind of help yourself or give yourself just a, a pep talk. It could be 18 year old Theo and you're like, Hey, go, go to Minnesota. Cause it's worth it. I don't know what it is, but if you could give yourself some advice, what would you give yourself uh, past or future?
3: You know, I, uh, it's two things. One, I say, uh, be where your feet are and lean on God. Take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, the second would be, uh, actually, nah, the second would be what my father told me. Uh, after a third grade basketball game, um, one day you're going to say, I wish I had or I'm glad I did. And uh, mm-hmm. you determine which one you're going to be.
2: Nah, I like that. I like that. I wish I had or what was it? What was it? I wish I had.
3: I wish I had. I'm glad I
2: did. i like that i like that well that's theo john and ron johnson that was sam extra we want to thank you for joining us today on the ron johnson show uh and remember people if you want endless vikings talk make sure you subscribe to locked on sports minnesota on youtube where you can find all of our videos all of our shows instant podcasts after every game and the vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below and let us know what you think what is the best thing you've seen theo john do if you if you've seen him in high school duke north carolina and then if you had to pick between duke and north carolina right now who are you guys saying the better team is what? let us know in the thoughts uh, comment section below and we we'll want to thank you and have a great day